Hi, and welcome back to the European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love our show, share it with your friends and join us in the EU VC community syndicates at theeuropeanvc.com. Welcome to another hot off the press episode in our special series on navigating the current market with Europe's absolute VC elites. For today's episode, we sat down with Tom, partner at Seedcamp. Seedcamp requires little intro, so suffice it to say that his team has backed more than 430 companies and are early investors in Europe's successes like Hopin, Wise, Revolut, So Rare, WeFox, Clio, UiPath, Viz.ai, and Grover. So with that, let's dive in. If you enjoy our content, do support us by hitting the follow button, giving it a review, and following us on LinkedIn. This episode is part of a special series on navigating the current market and is sponsored by Isma Capital, one of Europe's leading fund of funds. We thank Isma for their support in making this episode possible and being a strong supporter of the EU VC community. If you haven't yet connected with them, make sure to do so. You couldn't wish for a better LP partner. Tom, welcome to the European VC and thank you so much for joining us. It's such short notice. It's amazing having you with us to discuss the current market right now. It's great to be here. No, happy to be here. So Tom, let's jump right into it. This is one of the quick fire rounds almost in the sense that we don't ever do these episodes very long. So let's start with the macro view. What are you seeing happening in the European VC market and how are you thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's been a massive shift, I think, over the last couple of months. And I think that what we're starting to see is obviously the, the stage that we invest at kind of like precede and seed is probably the most insulated from what's going on at the moment. But still, even in that, there is some changes. But I think if you go from you know the IPO, the public markets down, the closer you are to that public market, I think the more impacted we're starting to see. I think we're seeing companies which are raising Series A, you know, that market is probably the cutoff point where things are starting to take a little bit longer. Maybe valuations are coming in a little bit. Series B, definitely highly affected. Valuations significantly different maybe than they were from you know, late 2021 and earlier. And then you know, I think growth stage markets at the moment seem to be pr- pretty close, really. I think if you're looking at kind of like pre-IPO funding, and obviously everyone can, is, can see what's been going on in the public markets from multiples perspective and, and why that's kind of impacting. I think at the stage we invested seed, we've seen some great rounds getting done. We have seen some good series days as well. And... I think there's still for sure appetite. You know, we're still investing heavily at, at pre-seed. I don't think we've, we've slowed down at all at kind of pre-seed in our seed stage. And then we're seeing, yeah, as I say, some activity at the kind of large seed, like yeah. four million kind of range. Before we can go on, I have to ask you, Tom, because you are investors in some of the, uh, I won't say companies with an inflated valuation, but companies with a very large valuation that are seeing, uh, you know, they're close to the IPO stage. And they're the names that people are making uh, fun of on LinkedIn and Twitter saying, uh, everyone could have told themselves that Hobbin would never carry that valuation after COVID and blah, blah, blah. So what's the perspective of an investor that is actually in many of these companies that people are having a crack at? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... You know, great companies and, you know, incredibly fast-growing companies have become bad companies overnight. I think that's the the number one thing I'd say. You know, these companies are still, they've been incredibly successful. They've attracted, you know, phenomenal amounts of capital. But the reason they've attracted phenomenal amounts of capital is because they've executed unbelievably well 
over, okay, there's been some kind of uh, like tailwinds which they've been able to ride, but that's through no fault of their own. And I think they've done a fantastic job to get to the stages they are and grow incredibly quickly. And there's always going to be some people who want to take a pot shot at those kind of companies. But I think ultimately, to the extent that those companies can maintain, you know, the world-class talent which they brought on board, maintain, you know, growth will obviously be a different like environment for some of the, the companies which have gone through those journeys in the next year or so. But I think that there's still a massive, massive opportunity for those businesses and most businesses which reach ultimately kind of, you know, hugely successful big public companies go through periods of time where it's not all absolutely up and to the right. And it's how you navigate these periods and how you make the decisions at this point that can be really, really defining. And so, you know, we remain as positive and as excited about the, you know, the growth prospects of the companies which are at those kind of stages across our portfolio. And I think that there is a correction going on at the moment, obviously, that you know, we spoke about earlier. And I think that that's in a large part potentially healthy as you know, some of these companies just are able to focus more on the fundamentals of the business and hugely understanding their unit economics and scaling in very efficient ways, which is something that yeah. you ultimately have to do anyway when you become a public company because your kind of numbers are much more heavily scrutinized than when you're a private company. But you know, do I feel like there's kind of a like huge cause for concern? Absolutely not. So the natural follow-up question is, what are you guys doing inside the firm today as a response to it? We're doing what we can, really. I think that ultimately no one can control the market. No one knows how long this is going to go on for. You know, this could this be you know six months, 12 months, 18 months? I think people, we could speculate on that for a hundred podcasts. So I think what we are saying is, look, the kind of advice you can have some quite like generic and general advice. And I think there's been some fantastic advice which just which just gone around and been, and been distributed, and we've been kind of sharing that and pointing people towards that or even pushing some of our own stuff out there. But I think that it's necessary to kind of like tailor that to the stage of company you are. You know, we said before about the stages of the kind of funding journey at the moment, which are the most effective. Obviously, if you are a growth stage company, you have to be making kind of like decisions probably two months ago, but 100% now to get kind of house in order for this period yeah. of time you're going in. If you are a pre-seed business, which has just raised some money and, you know, we obviously get founders of those companies reach out to us if we just invested. Arguably, you should have half an eye on the market, but it's not probably something to get too concerned about. Let's just focus on, you know, those key early building stages of the business, like getting those first hires in and, you know, understanding the early customers, building product. Because really, by the time you get to kind of the Series A plus stages, let's all hope that in kind of 24 months, something that we're in a slightly different environment. So I think in terms of the advice, it does change depending on the stage. But for sure, those companies who need to raise around this year at Series A or beyond, and arguably even C, but Series A and beyond, it's about being incredibly kind of crisp and succinct on that story, really, really understanding the business drivers that you have, which used to be absolute prerequisite for Series A anyway. So none of this is like completely alien, but it's just that obviously we've been in this market over the last, you say, 18 months or so, which has been so yeah. capital abundant that some of those rules and some of those classic kind of like heuristics that we were all familiar with kind of went out the window. So I think they're coming hugely back into focus. We're relaying that to founders. But to be honest, the founders that we're privileged enough to back and, and work with, they're more than aware of this without us necessarily telling them. But exactly. to the extent we can reiterate that message, then we're doing it. What about you guys being a super early stage investor and based on your internal discussions about follow-ons and so on, any insights there that might be relevant for our audience here, emerging VCs listening in? 
Yeah, I mean, this is one which we're, this is so, so like topical at the moment. I think, you know, we're still kind of like managing and, and thinking for our locations like we kind of always have. I think, you know, speaking to colleagues and friends in the US in particular, where I always see the market, there's probably a couple of months ahead of where we are. And they're starting to see the growth stage or Series B plus stage, particularly, you know, obviously the emergence of flat rounds and even down rounds which are coming in. And I think that will be normalized because of the valuations which some of these companies raised at. So we probably are starting to think a bit through from a kind of allocations perspective, what does that mean in terms of like, okay, is there going to be much more onerous terms which come into play in some of those kind of rounds of ideas of like pay to play, ideas of other things which could come about. And if that's the case, then that could have an impact on, you know, some of the money which we might need to keep back to be able to continue to support those companies and protect those positions. But outside of that, which is, I think, still probably going to be a very specific subset of any companies. I think generally speaking, you know, we're still keeping the discipline that we always have. You know, we catch up on literally like a weekly basis to go through portfolio and to think through where kind of allocations could be adjusted or changed. And it's still kind of like continuing in that process. Because we're not the biggest investor in many of those companies which have raised funding post us, like actually in none of those companies, it's often we're kind of parties to those discussions, but we're not driving those discussions around, you know, what some of those kind of like internal rounds yeah. could look like. So we have to kind of like see how that starts to play out over the next few months and whether that will mean that we have to change any of our kind of allocation strategy. But at the moment, we feel like we're in an okay spot in that sense. Yeah. So Tom, now the big question, what dangerous advice or behavior do you see going around in the market? Yeah, this is a tough one, right? Because there's a lot of great advice, but like in any venture ecosystem, particularly on Twitter, There's a lot of probably um, dodgy advice as well. I think that my big point would be for founders, and this is what I'm saying to a lot of the founders who I get to work with, and like, is that it's incredibly important to be aware of the market and to not have your head in the sand and to make hard decisions early if they need to be made. But that's kind of true about building any business, I think. You need to get ahead of things very, very quickly because startups move very, very fast. But I think now those kind of things have come to the forefront. Having said that, I don't think it's the time to make kind of knee-jerk decisions across the board. And I think that that's where ultimately, at the stage we invest talent and building your team and maintaining kind of like strong culture are probably some of the most important things. Because really, the company, yes, they have revenue, yes, they have customers, but ultimately it's the people who are kind of customer success, the people in the team who are maintaining those relationships with those customers, or obviously the unbelievable engineering talent or the product people who are, building the thing which the customers are using. Startups are a collection of unbelievable people led by the crazy, unbelievable founders who are driving everything forward. And so what I've been saying is, you know, don't go just like cutting everything straight away. Obviously, you want to be mindful of the market going into. You want to be trying to kind of like preserve it and trying to make sure that you can survive through this period. But making any kind of adjustments on a headcount basis very carefully and making sure that you're still maintaining a, you know, a high-performing entity, albeit potentially in a more lean way. So I think that where I say some of the issues can come from advice which is shared very aggressively and promoted heavily kind of on Twitter and likewise is that founders can read into that and apply that generically. And I think most founders don't. Founders are incredibly, obviously incredibly smart. You know, they're the smartest people in, in every room and you know, we're lucky to even get to partner with them, but occasionally they can see it and say like, they can overread into it. And yep. that's not to downplay the market win at all, because it's incredibly serious. But I think that that's something that I'd say is something that kind of I've been advising the founders I've been trying to. 
So Tom, we've adapted our quick fire round for this special uh, series, so it, it's a bit more fitting. So the first question is, considering the current market, what are you saying to LPs these days? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're saying to LPs is we're still kind of like navigating what this looks like at the moment. I think that we're fortunate because we get into companies at the earliest stages, right? So our valuations from a kind of like starting point, and we've been pretty disciplined with our starting points. And we'll continue to be disciplined. And I think that now that's becoming very, very clear. And I think we're conscious of you know, some of the late stage valuations that some of our companies have raised that, that they may not be where those companies are right now if they were to raise around tomorrow in this market. But still, even if those companies come down and we run a lot of these numbers, and even if those companies were excluded from our kind of like portfolios as a whole, the strength and depth that we have because of the large portfolio we built yeah. means that we're still tracking on for strong returns. So it's not a time to panic. <laughs> it's probably the I love it. We'll send you a snippet of uh, another guest who answered to one of these questions. Panic, please panic. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're actually launching it tomorrow. <laughs> the second question is similar, right? So what are you saying to um, your team members, your colleagues, but as well other GPs that you meet? Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately there's not much we can do about the markets, right? I think there's the markets are the markets. I think that my take is you can only control what you can control. And I think it's the you know it's the biggest cause of like stress and anxiety if you start to try and like control these things which are completely outside of your purview. And I think that's one of the things about the market. I think we can only what we're trying to say internally is you know, we focus on what we're doing. We're in this amazing position where we get to meet credible founders on a regular basis. We get really great access to deal flow. We're not seeing that decrease hugely yet. You know, maybe that'll be a second, third order effect if, if the market starts to really fall down. But at the moment, if we're seeing great companies and we have the opportunity to invest in them at terms which are, you know, relatively okay. And, you know, we're conscious of a little bit of those kind of valuation starting points now. Maybe I think everyone got a bit over their skis last year on that side, even the stage we invest. If we do that and we focus on that and we focus on the kind of day job of sourcing companies, selecting those basic companies to invest in. And then also supporting our companies in the best way. Ultimately, that's all we can do. If we keep doing that, then it'll it'll be what it'll be. And I think that that's what we're kind of saying internally. And then obviously, you know, some of the things we touched on before for the founders, yeah. you know, I think we're conscious of making sure that you survive through this period. And that is very much the third and final question, which is in the current market, what are you telling founders these days? Yeah, and I think that's it. I think it's like, you know, being conscious of how much tougher it is to fundraise. And so making sure that you have resources to be able to get you through. And if you're thinking about you know, hiring, don't just stop that entirely. Obviously, key hires are going to be still a massive, massive difference maker in companies. And it might be that we move into a market where well-capitalized companies, which really understand their unit economics, can actually use this to their advantage and bring on even better talent than they could have accessed before. But be conscious of like, you know, I think it's not a time to kind of make more frivolous hires, obviously. And I think it's a time to kind of like treat with caution in that sense. And yeah, just be really, really on top of things when you have to go to fundraise. Thank you, Tom. It is so cool to be doing this series because we're talking to, you know, all the top VCs in Europe about the same topics. And we can really see the difference, as David just said before, late stage investor Schmuel from Target Global saying, panic, panic, <laughs> move as quick as you can. And then you're on the other end, both on the advice and also on, of course, where you invest. So, so cool to see the differences in your mindsets and what you have to do in this market. So super cool. Thanks a million, Tom, for joining us. It was amazing. Great, no. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. 
If you love our show, share it with your friends and join us in the EU VC community syndicates at theeuropeanvc.com. This episode is part of a special series on navigating the current market and is sponsored by Isma Capital, one of Europe's leading fund of funds. We thank Isma for their support in making this episode possible and being a strong supporter of the EU VC community. If you haven't yet connected with them, make sure to do so. You couldn't wish for a better LP partner.